0: 170th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're uh, winding up for the holiday season here. Roger, you recently presented at the New Street Research uh, BCG Future Series Conference uh, focused on the future of wireless AI and convergence can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the work we've been partnering with uh, New Street on, and and what you presented at the conference?
1: Yeah, so New Street has been a a wonderful partner uh, of other ours, and we've shared a bit of data with them. One of the things that they focused on immediately was the Net Promoter Score, and you know Net Promoter Score is 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 a terrific concept around what to do right for for customers. And Fred Reichelt, who was at Bain at the time, wrote this uh, article, The One Number That You Need to Grow. And if people are willing to recommend you, then your business should grow. And, you know, all of us know the the question that you get from a lot of customer surveys like you know on a scale from from zero to ten would you recommend so and so brand to your friends and family and uh, what you do there is if you rate it nine or ten you are considered a promoter because you will talk well about it if you say seven or eight you're you're neutral and you usually don't talk at all about that experience and if it's six and below you're considered a detractor because you don't say nice things about that brand and so the net promoter score is the percentage of people who are promoters minus the percentage of people who are detractors so that number is awesome but you know we come from a a history of operators and working with operators and just saying this net promoter score number, this one number went up or down. Great. But what do I do with it? Right.
0: Right. I mean, the way, the way I liken it to, you know, if your net promoter score goes up or down, the next question is almost always why. Right. And and so why don't you talk a little bit about some of the work that we've done to understand the why in terms of the subcomponents of Net Promoter Score, well, exactly. And
1: so, you know, the the why is that there are many reasons why this goes up or down. And so, we we developed something that we call a component NPS, and we look at the subcomponents of that experience, like. How happy are you with your coverage? How happy are you with dropped calls? How happy are you with watching video? How happy are you with the billing customer service, with the technical customers? You name it. We have like 16 dimensions for both wireless and and broadband. And then we have another 22 that are attached to to devices and and the, the way they interact with with the network. And so it is absolutely fascinating to see how a lot of carriers do very well in the practical, in the technical delivery of the product. Obviously some do better than others and some do better than others based on technology. But that more and more as we go towards the human interaction, that the net promoter score starts getting not that great right which has very interesting applications and for example we see that the that the industry has has really learned a lot of lessons when we look at fixed wireless and these numbers for for various reasons are very high one of them are that the way they interact with the customer the the the, the way it's delivered set up is very, very good. The other two are survivorship and selection bias. right? If you have wireless service from a company, and wireless service having from a company is the number one leading indicator of you signing up for FWA. The people who sign up for FWA are usually happy with the wireless service that they get from the provider they sign up for the FWA for. Otherwise, they'd be a glutton for punishment, and people typically are not. The other one is then they sign up, and if it works, people are happy. And if it doesn't work, they return it within a few days. And nobody has a good track record finding. You know, we run our surveys on a weekly basis, and we have trouble finding the unhappy people with it because they only keep this device every like three, four.
0: Well, all, all the providers that are offering FWA have like a thirty day return, fifteen or a thirty day return window, and since you're not drilling a hole in the side of your house, as I always like to say, you just put it back in the box and you take it back, right? And what's what's interesting is is we actually do see a fair amount of folks that sign up for one FWA provider and then they for the sign up for another, right? So like the they like the idea. That provider may not work in their location, and so they show up as a previous provider, and then their current provider is the other, you know, be it either Verizon or, or, or T-Mobile, FWA provider. So from a from a concept perspective, people like FWA because you know wh- wh- the, other th- the other things we see is that FWA score is extremely high on convenient and easy install, right. You take it out of the box; and it's up and running in five, the five thing,
1: minutes. Or, or they simply have given up on the other choices in their location, right? They've like tried that one provider or the other, or the other two providers, and simply said, "I'm done with these people," right? The, the other thing that was really interesting, and where where you and I have done a, a lot of work on, is the relationship between Apu and net promoter score. And typically, and it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, that the less people pay for service, the happier they are with it, right? And the higher the ARPU, the, the lower the NPS scores uh, that we see. And, you know, in my conversation with Jonathan, he's like, yeah, but... Isn't that horrible? I'm like, well, I think it's better to get $60 from a customer and then not being over the moon happy with it than $20 and they're very happy, right? And so it's, it's a very interesting relationship where if you're going up in price, you have to know that you're taking an NPS hit. Now you can mitigate a lot of these things by making people happy in other directions, even though even one of the other things that we see is every other NPS component is also slightly colored by APU or by how much money people spend. So it becomes, because we're looking at this from such a multidimensional perspective, it becomes really interesting to see the inner play between the different NPS categories. My my favorite example of this is we ask on our device NPS battery, we're we're asking, how happy are you with screen brightness of a phone? And at face value, you'd be shocked to know that on identical devices, the customers of different carriers are less um or more happy with the screen brightness of the screen. On one hand, it makes you like a head-scratcher of what's going on here. It makes you doubt, is there validity in in NPS overall? But then you need to look at it from a, a value perspective and from a price perspective. And that goes both of the device and of the service attached to it. And the value that people perceive from receiving from the service and the device colors through, in small, but because we run hundreds of thousands, right, on our device platform. Don, how many responses do we have now? Three hundred thousand, somewhere like that,
0: right? Yeah, about about that. Yeah,
1: we have like mind-boggling numbers, right? And then things that are with smaller samples you can write off as a survey noise become statistically
0: valid and relevant yeah so so i mean i think what i would say having you know spent a lot of time looking at the nps data is that you you definitely see correlation across categories right at which you would expect right so you know the the standard nps question is kind of an omnibus question asked about the total experience when you split it out by sub components people's you know overall experience impacts how, how they see the sub but we do see significant differentiation you know things like you know when we look at as you mentioned the technical delivery aspects for broadband providers most providers do pretty well in terms of technical aspects. It's, it's the kind of support functions, things like billing, things like website, things like customer care, where we start to see real differentiation. So, and it's enough to, to, to move the needle and make a difference, right? So, you know, yes, NPS is the one number you need to grow, but from a subcomponent perspective, we see a lot of breadcrumbs in terms of what can you fix to make that overall number go up, move up moving forward right yeah and because when we looked
1: at when FWA got got rolled out right we could see in our NPS numbers when they rolled out software patches when they tuned their network when they gave their sales force and their customer service units their training and it showed up in our numbers. Or the other week, I gave that example, too. We looked at satisfaction with Wi-Fi connectivity of routers. And we could pinpoint when a, when a provider was running a, rolling out a software patch that was fixing the, the Wi-Fi performance. It was impressive and extremely pleasing for me to see that, that we picked that up.
0: Well, I mean, I think it really lets you get under the hood, right, in terms of what is the experience that's happening, right? And because we're doing this at such scale and at such frequency, we can pick up, you know, ripples in the pond in a way that I think is just fascinating, right? So pointing, pointing back to your example about software patches or, or, you know, when we see new CPEs drop for FWA, we see changes there as the as the support functions are all kind of calibrating around what are the the common issues that that a given box might experience. You know, the other thing that we see is is as providers are changing availability for FWA, we see that reflected in the numbers as well, right? So, you know, Verizon got is largely deploying FWA on their C band frequencies or in markets where they have C band is where they're really bullish on it. And so we see a really heavy concentration of Verizon FWA subs in urban areas relative to T-Mobile that has the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum they use for FWA, where they're more inflected towards rural areas. Where that's interesting is that, you know, typically Verizon has had higher share numbers in rural areas because of their 4G network footprint and so forth. And so... T-Mobile is attacking, you know, with FWA in areas where they typically have low share. Verizon is attacking FWA in areas where T-Mobile may have higher share. And so there's there's all kinds of share implications going on there. And it's really fascinating. I would describe T-Mobile
1: more as like balanced urban, suburban, rural rather than a rural focus. But what, what becomes really interesting that we can see the impact of them making more more spectrum available and we saw that how Verizon's FWA net promoter scores were like really separating from the pack in the last couple of months really impressive to see how how the numbers improved
0: well and it goes back to the value piece right I mean Verizon raised the price of their FWA offering recently and I you know my guess is that there's a there's a calculation there right that that they can continue to get that that flow because they have such high NPS, they can afford to gate some of that behind a little bit higher pricing.
1: They can do that and they can steer how many customers are signing up. Higher price means you're taking more money probably from fewer people that are coming in the door. But it it also then speaks to Verizon's strategy of extracting higher revenue from their customers. And so they gave gave it away at 25 if you bundled and now it's you
0: know, 35. Well, I mean, let's, let's be fair. None of these companies are charities, right? Like we're all here to make money. So I don't begrudge anybody from making a living,
1: right? They, they have children to feed, put shoes on, on their children's, you know, feed and, and, and buy a boat that nobody freezes,
0: right? Spe- spectrum fees to pay back, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So But yeah, no, it's pretty pretty nifty stuff. It's very exciting. All right, Roger, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Talk to you next week.